Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear in this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. In addition to what's listed there, the show is also on the likes of Overcast, Himalaya, Podcoin, Player FM, and more. Joining me today on location at the Summer NAM Show in Nashville, my guests are a band from Kentucky that includes two brothers and a cousin. Their latest album was produced by a multi-platinum producer who has also produced for the likes of Cheryl Crow and Tom Petty. You've been hearing a song of theirs called Love Me Like You Do. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Frontier. Thank you for having us, Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start off by having one of you talk about that song of yours that we were just playing called Love Me Like You Do. Love Me Like You Do. Um, I wrote that one uh, a while ago, actually. It's it's a pretty old song uh, for us. Uh, whenever I sat down one night, uh, it just sort of came to me. Uh, I really had no plans to write a song, but occasionally that just happens to a songwriter. You sit down, you have a guitar or some instrument in your hand, and words just come out, and a rhythm is set up, and there you go. And uh, that song's one that we really enjoy playing live quite a bit. We play it a little differently live than we do on the recording there, and uh, it's one that people can find more of a groove with, and it gets your foot tapping a little bit. Okay, two follow-up questions. Why do you play it differently live than the recorded version? And also, when you say you weren't intending to write a song, but you got this idea, like sat down and wrote the entire thing, or just kind of maybe the hook or the chorus, or what did that look like when you got the idea? Well, I had the uh, word words idea for like the chorus, uh, actually, uh, whenever I was at school. I'm a seventh grade history teacher, so I was actually on my way home from work, and I kind of got these words in my head, and it wasn't until I think 1 a.m. that night later on that I'd sat down and I said, you know, let, let's just try this out. Let's just see what will actually fit these words, and that's the rhythm that came out, and it kind of fit. Um, for your other question, why do you do it differently live from the recorded version? Whenever we do a live show, part of the magic of a live show is there's always that air of something special is about to happen. There's something that is caught up in the moment that uh, you have the ability to just act on impulse. And so we often will perform it a little differently live just to give a little different feel to it and it's not a major change it's very recognizable and it keeps very much the same but uh, the live performance features a little bit more vocal push and uh, it it kind of it's more fun for us and I think it's more fun for the audience to do it that way but just clarify is it if I see you perform it live today and I see you perform it live next week and the week after, it's going to be the same all three times. It's just going to sound different from the recording. Or do you mean, no, all three times it could be different and it requires a lot of, okay, what are we doing this time? What? Okay, you're going there. All right, I'll follow you. 
Yeah, there, there is uh, an element, particularly with the solos and uh, some of the harmonies and when people come in, that is kind of unique from show to show. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's really just kind of uh, what you're feeling in the moment. Well, let's use this opportunity, since listeners, you're wondering all this time, there's four guys in the band that are all sitting around me, you don't know who's who, but Ethan, since you have the mic, let's go ahead and have everybody introduce themselves in terms of your name, what you do in the band, that type of thing, so people get to know who everyone is here. All right, Bruce, uh, my name's Ethan Worley, I play guitar and uh, sing lead vocal. Uh, my name's Caleb Cottle, I play bass and do a little harmony. I'm Andrew Worley. Uh, I play guitar, I do a lot of the lead vocals, and I write some of the songs. Uh, I'm John Watts, and I play the drum set. Let's go back to Andrew for a minute, because you said, and I write some of the songs. So is it a group effort? Does everybody all write together, or is it, no, just Andrew and Ethan, or who does what when it comes? And maybe maybe it's somebody is strong with lyrics, somebody's strong with melodies. How does all that work? It, it's different from song to song. Ethan and I do most of the, the actual songwriting, um, and that, that varies from song to song as well. Some Ethan writes by himself. There are some songs that I write by myself, and then I think our favorite songs are ones where we work together. He'll have like a melody or some music, and but he'll need, he'll need some words or something hooky to put over it, and I'll come up with that. And then once Ethan and I have a, a song idea, and we, we go in our basement where it's a dark place where we rehearse. Um, we show it to Caleb and John, and they always change it and make it better. They, they have the music ideas, changes to the structure of the song, the way we play it. And so uh, this, while the songwriting is mainly me and Ethan, the way the song is composed and arranged is really a whole band effort. Okay, okay. Well, talk about the beginnings i know it has something to do with your parents signing you up for a talent competition unbeknownst to you listeners it started with ethan and andrew are brothers as you heard caleb is their cousin y'all were writing and performing song what year was this How, how did the band evolve and then eventually how did john come into the picture i couldn't tell you what year we started it's been too long it's six or seven years at least now but um ethan and caleb and i it was the first time uh, we had started playing together. We were just jamming in the basement with some acoustic guitars and a bass. And uh, our parents came down one day and said, Hey, boys, uh, we signed you up for a competition. It's in seven days. You need to have three songs ready. And we were like, Oh, snap, because we had no idea. So uh, for seven days, we just kind of panicked and picked out songs. And I think we did uh, Good Riddance by Green Day. The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel, and uh, Heart of Gold by Neil Young. But did you even consider yourselves a band at that point, or was it we're just brothers and our cousin that are just goofing around and playing music? Yeah, we didn't have a band name. We were just we just showed up and and we ended up winning that competition. Whoa! Yeah, we were shocked too. So we thought, well, we might have something here. Let's keep going. So, what ages were you ish, approximately? I was a, a sophomore in high school. Okay. I was in eighth grade. Wow. I was a senior in high school. Wow. So you realized you had something there. Yeah. You won. So then we started going to some local yogurt shops and coffee shops and playing. And eventually, it, when the, they didn't know how to advertise us, because it couldn't be the Ethan <laughs> Worley, Andrew Worley, Caleb Cottle Band, <laughs> we were sitting in a Dairy Queen that. thinking, what are we going to call ourselves? <laughs> And we had narrowed it down to a couple names, and Caleb and Ethan liked the name Frontier. And I was like, eh, I don't really like that name. 
And then on the drive home, we got stuck behind a Frontier truck. Uh, and I was like, okay, I get it. That's the name. Listeners, not unlike two weeks ago when you heard Cole Frederick from the band Undecided Future say that Undecided Future, they weren't really that happy with it, but then he told a great story about the meaning of the band name. Go back and listen to that episode if you didn't hear it from two weeks ago. But so then how and when and where does John come into the picture? John joined, uh, this is his second year with the group. Um, We've had a couple drummers before him, and they've all been phenomenal. But I I met John on campus. We both go to Eastern Kentucky University. And uh, I saw him on campus and thought, that guy looks like a musician. (laughs) So I just asked him, do you play anything? And he said, yeah, I play drums. And then a year later, we needed a new drummer. And I, I messaged him on Instagram, and he came over, and it just worked. John, talk about that, though, because, you know, I hear about some people that and the good one of the good sides of social media is that you can connect with people. But, you know, someone messages you on Instagram and says, hey, you want to come and be our drummer? Is it like, yeah, sure, whatever? Or is there any reluctance? And if so, you know, how does and I guess maybe more advice for other musicians out there. If someone's DMing you and saying, hey, do you want to come and play with our band? I mean, do you check them out? It sounds like you knew Andrew a little bit. Yeah, so I my advice to other people is to take everything that is offered to you, unless it goes against your morals. Um, so it, it wasn't weird to hear from Andrew over social media because we kind of connected over the year because we lived in the same dorm. Um, at the time, I was in a kind of predicament with my previous band, uh, which was six members. It was called Rose Tent Collective, and um, they just weren't treating each other right, so I left, and Andrew called me, or texted me, and it just kind of was a really good time to switch to switch bands. Andrew, was there, when you were contacting him, was it, we want you to be the drummer, or was it more of an audition it was not we want you to be the drummer because I didn't know anything about him. Okay. <laughs> I knew he looked like a musician, but I was like, we got to find out who this guy is. So we invited him over and we said, we'll give you pizza if you come to our house <laughs> and play with us. We'd love to, to hear you drum and see what kind of person you are. And uh, we ate a lot of pizza and played a lot of music, and we were all very impressed with John. So. And it's and it's wonderful compensation for a university student to hear yes, that they're going to get always. pizza. <laughs> so, what is this then? The first band was was with your moms. Yeah. Uh, so when we were we lads, um, some people from our church that used to play in bands around. Uh, the town we live in uh decided to get back together and kind of try and do it again um so they i think kind of called us one at a time i think i was really young it was a long time ago but uh i think we sort of came in one at a time and sort of found our instruments there and uh learned learned a lot about like playing and just all that stuff because that was our first like live experience and first time in a band for all of us and i think their dad was still afraid that we would play like devil worship music (laughs) and like you know i don't know well caleb while you're still on the microphone amidst all this that frontier is doing so you are still and listeners you heard before a reference to eastern kentucky university but caleb you are still at the university of kentucky is that correct yes sir and so you'll graduate next year it's two years actually yeah okay and then 
Andrew, Eastern Kentucky University, majored in speech pathology. Yeah. Any connection between that career path and music? You know, that's a funny question. People ask me why I picked that major. To be honest, I Googled jobs with a lot of free time that make good money. And that was on the list? Yes. I'm not proud of that. But (laughs) uh, I'm in grad school for it now. And I really, the profession is wonderful. I've really come to appreciate it and enjoy my time there. And it actually does relate a lot to music. And I I get to use music in some of my therapy sessions. And uh, I got the chance to work with some people who have had strokes who used to sing. So Uh, then we can use music to, to... really target the language centers and get that cooking again and it's been a really cool really cool program it gives a whole new meaning to the expression the healing power of music yes it does yeah and so john you still attend eastern kentucky university yes i'm still at eastern kentucky for music industry but there's a note here that says recently street drumming in nashville so yes is is my geography bad is is it not that far from here No, it is about two hours away. Um, I did come here and play on some buckets for a little bit. This one, I got to hear the story about. Ethan, I'm told that you have a philosophy that if you don't have it, you can build it, meaning better than in the store. I I do. And let me tell you, man, coming to NAMM is like a dream come true for me. Getting to meet these vendors here, it is so refreshing to meet not just one, not a few, but tons of people who still have that same philosophy that I do, that it can still be made by hand. It's often better if it's made by hand. And uh, it's such beautiful artistry to see some of this amazing instruments made of wood, the metal work that goes into this, just the sheer creativity of the mind and being able to take natural materials and turn it into something beautiful. Any examples of someone that you walked around and talked to already where you saw something that was really unique that caught your eye and, and, and kind of lent itself to what you just described there? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I'm pulling out cards and everything out of my pockets. I've been collecting just amazing things. I just got back from the solid ground stands, uh, which take beautiful wood here and turn it into this excellent, very sturdy, ornate furniture piece to hold your really fancy guitars i just got done speaking with uh several different string representatives about using the hand wire system brandon wound pickups hand winding pickups from uh, 50 60 style 70 style just gosh the list is endless and i'm just kind of blown away <laughs> well thank you that you took time out from your kid in a candy store environment to come and talk to me it sounds though like you'll probably go back in what else are you looking to accomplish with your time while you're here what do you want to get out of the nam show or, or who else do you want to go see i would really like to go and visit uh, mogami cables i hear that they have a station set up here i that's really what i depend on and what i use for shows as far as that i didn't start out on mogami cables but i have made a swift transition and that's the show that we played today that's all that i used and you segued that nicely for me listeners the band just finished playing this morning on the nam avid stage here at the music city center in nashville so guys was this your first nam performance uh, yeah, it was. First time coming to NAM, first time playing here, so it was uh, a lot for sure. <laughs> but that's that's tremendous because obviously there's a lot of excitement in saying 
as Ethan just did, we're going to get to see all these great vendors. We're going to walk and see as many exhibits as we can. But, oh, by the way, we get to perform yeah, on this yeah. terrific stage outside. Yeah. How was that? It's it's a real honor uh, to, to be invited to a thing like this where there are so many great, great players and people um, it's it's a it's a real privilege i think and it's a little scary sometimes too you know but because it's like it's one thing to play a show for people that are like fans of music and it's another to play a show for like exclusively musicians you know like it's it's a very different kind of ball game at least on my end but uh it was a lot of fun it was really exciting for sure well and Uh, similarly you're talking about people who are in the business that Ethan was just describing, but at the same time, you're also in Nashville. So, you know, there's that thing that you never know who might be out there. In this case, it's like, no, we have a pretty good idea of who's going to be out there. But at the same time, you still have no idea who might be out there. Yeah. It's always, it's always, um, I think with that stuff, I personally try and not like overthink it or like worry about it or play with that in mind. Like, because I don't really want to be pulled away from what I'm doing, you know? Like, if I do that, I'm just going to freak out. Like, I think everything goes a lot better if I just kind of keep it in and focus on just playing the best that I can, you know, in in the moment. Because that, I don't know, personally, that scares me, you know? That's not, like, exciting thrill as much as, like, I think I interpret that more as, oh, I have to be great and not, like, you know, oh, wow, what a great opportunity, which is negative on my end, and that's bad for me, but that's just my way around it is to just enjoy the music, you know, because that's why I'm here in the first place. So now that you've had a taste of it, is this only going to fuel you more to want to go through the NAM application process to try to perform out at the Winter NAM show in California, or is it we're just kind of staying in this region? I sure that would be a lot of fun none of us have ever been to california as far as i know john might have but i know we haven't ever been that that far out west uh and that would be super cool because i i've been told that one is is quite a bit bigger than this and that would be like this is pretty overwhelming like we were just talking about that like there's just so much so much (laughs) um it's pretty it's pretty wild so that would be a lot of fun i think so john talked about the proximity for Nashville to where y'all are from in Kentucky but is there kind of a a plan to get over to Nashville more often or do you think maybe it's better off being the big fish in a small pond and sticking with where you are we we debate back and forth about that this is actually our first time playing in Nashville um, and it we've had a really good experience with it and we're trying to get down here more often um, cause there's a lot of, lot of opportunity here, but we also know that there are people flipping burgers in Nashville that are some of the most incredibly talented people in the world. So it's hard to know if it's best to come here where everybody's flocking to look for the opportunities or, or kind of stay where we are. So we're trying to kind of split between two worlds We're we're just going anywhere and everywhere we can. And we're trying to trying to get in as many places as we can here in nashville to really capitalize on all the opportunity and connections there are here and someone who is here listeners is aaron hoagland who is the guest on episode 259 of now here this entertainment he's here because as they're saying there are people who do a lot of different things in the music business you heard on that episode him talk about the music career that he has but he also works for tascam and you know that tascam is who outfits me with all the recording equipment that i need for everything to do with this show, whether it's here on location in Nashville 
where we're using the DR44WL, the handheld recorder, although I always choose to use some external mics, even though it has built-in mics for it. Wearing my Tascam headphones, and listeners, if you're a regular listener, thank you so much. You know that when I'm not on location, I've got more Tascam gear back at home base that I use, including the Mini Studio Creator, the US42 audio interface, different headphones that I use there. So much great stuff from Tascam. Check them out at Tascam.com, T-A-S-C-A-M.com. There's been a lot, a lot, a lot of guests on this show who have said that they have used Tascam gear. If you're doing demos at home, if you're trying to do your own EP, or if you're recording your live shows, there's so much. The Model 24 Mixer, they're still really proud of that and touting that. It came out at the beginning of this year. Check it all out on their website, Tascam.com. Frontier has released two albums, Longer Roads in 2014 and This Dream in 2016. So where are we at now? Because that starts off looking like, oh, they're going to put something out every other year. And then people say, oh, 2018 came and went. Where's our new Frontier music? So what does that look like right now? Yeah, we've been talking about that a lot recently. Um, Like we said, John joined the band uh, just at about, this is his second year. It's been about one year that he's been with us. So, and, and he joined right before big show season. So we had like a summer filled with 50 or 60 shows and so during that time we were just trying to to get enough material to get through those live shows and now that we've had a year together and we're all in sync um, we've got a bunch of new songs and we're starting to, to work those up we're performing them at, at our live shows and we're hoping to get in uh, get in a studio somewhere and record some new music soon because we've we've got a lot of new material that we're really excited about and is more reflective of our actual sound these days. So we're hoping to record that soon. And listeners, Longer Roads, I mentioned that was their 2014 release. It was produced by Randy Hayes, the guitarist for the late country music legend Keith Whitley. I want to ask you guys how you connected with him, but also this is a potential teaching moment for anyone listening that hasn't recorded yet. How do some young guys in Kentucky get funding together to make your first album? Um, yeah, so that was, that was kind of a crazy process. Um, we, like I said, we had played at some yogurt shops and some coffee shops and, uh, we had just collected our tip money and we started printing out posters actually of our, of our little high school aged faces and selling them. And it was of course like friends and family and people from our church that were buying these posters, but all those early merch sales that people were so kind to do financed our first album wow and we just found uh randy online and went to his studio and we were talking to him about doing maybe three songs but then he he said you know what let's just do let's do all you've got and we had eight songs so we kind of finished them as we were recording them and some of the songs one of them waterproof caleb hadn't even played before until the day he recorded it so it, it made for an interesting process and it was it was a really cool way to start recording as a band but you just found him i'm waiting for you to tell me this story about how somebody knew somebody and you end up getting to work with him i I wish i wish there was an incredible story but there's really not i just a cold call i think we i think we saw his studio on facebook or something and, and we called him and he seemed like a nice guy and he lived probably an hour away in mckee kentucky out in the the boonies and we're we're from a small town and that was an even smaller town and we drove out to meet him and seemed like a nice guy and went from there. 
I think one of the big reasons that like both the guys that we've worked with uh, have been have been such pros and and such uh, great great people to have the chance to record with. I think the reason for that is we've just kind of been lucky enough to stumble into two people that were like high on the game and got old and decided to kind of step back and just happened to be close to where we were, you know. But it's a lot of of luck I think on our end. Uh, to to just happen to run into two guys that have been so accomplished and just you know wanted to move away from it all you know but Caleb I'm glad that you took the microphone because I wanted to ask you something that Andrew said he said Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden you're about to play this song for the first time and oh by the way we're recording yeah How, how is how is that is it I don't I don't care I know I can do lots of takes or is there more pressure like hey I don't want to make this take all day just for one song how 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 should a musician go into that Oh, that's a. Or tough how one. did well, you go I think, into that? I think it depends a lot on the context. Uh, I was. The, it was one of the last songs we recorded, so I was very comfortable with the place and the people, and it. it you know, like the. I've grown up with these guys, so there was there wasn't really a lot of pressure that I felt at least to perform, which I think is something you should always kind of strive for. Like, if I felt nervous, I would want to step away and not you know i wouldn't want to track like that because i think that stuff definitely comes through but uh to to me i think it kind of forces you to do what you should always be doing which is just keep ears wide open you know i think sometimes like especially when you're playing the same music over and over and over again you kind of get in the pattern of of playing that music the way that you play it you know and it can be hard to to follow new ideas or or break out of a mold you know because it's just in the muscle memory but that that was kind of nice i think because it was a really stripped back song and i just had to listen to what was going on you know but that was that was a lot of fun i think and i was playing uh randy had like a fretless bass and i never played a fretless bass Uh. and i was like that'd be fun so we just (laughs) went for it but it was it was a lot of a lot of fun for sure that that's probably my favorite off the album because recording it was just unique for me and then two years later as i mentioned was this dream your second album and that was produced by multi-platinum producer jeff powell who has produced music and managed sound for such artists as tom petty cheryl crow the fray even oar which we had michael paris from oar back on episode 30 many other people that jeff has worked with again caleb you started to say under the guise of of randy but you said We've been fortunate enough to work with these guys. So anyone here that wants to take the question, how then two years later do you get the chance to work with someone like Jeff Powell? Was it another cold call where you just found him on the Internet or was that a referral or someone knew someone? Well, it's, it, to my memory, what happened was uh, he moved to London, opened up a coffee shop, and the newspaper put out an article about this like super famous music guy that had opened a coffee shop in London. So we were like... Cool. <laughs> Let's clarify the, for the listeners: London, Kentucky, yes, not sorry. London, England, yes, or London, yeah. Ontario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, London, London, Kentucky. We're not from the the super cool. One. Yeah, you didn't fly over cool. to Europe to record no, with him. <laughs> no, that would not be super local or very cost effective. But uh, yeah, he moved like, gosh, probably like ten minutes from our house. Like set up set up a studio with uh, some people that I, we had kind of known just from the music scene, um, and that was a lot of fun to get to work with him and our drummer at the time i think uh 
became really good friends with him and that certainly helped uh the contact too but he he was a great guy to work with and just he's super friendly like i'm sure we could have just called him you know out of the blue and it would have been just fine because he's just that guy you know and the release was a success. This Dream had multiple songs nominated for Josie Awards, so congratulations, obviously. Thank you. Had to be pleased with everything that came from that one. Listeners, I'm on location at the Summer NAM show in Nashville, joined by members of the band Frontier. Follow them online at frontier-theband.com. We will have a link to their website for the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Make sure you engage with them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Links to those from frontier-theband.com. Purchase their music at Apple Music, Google Music, CD Baby. You can stream it on Spotify, but support the band by purchasing downloads of their music from those online retailers. Speaking of social media, we do have a Facebook group. It's called NHTE Listeners. Although there are actually a good number of past guests in there too. Search for it on Facebook or just go to nhte.net and click on the Join Our Facebook Group button there. Let's get you in there to be in touch with other performers, other listeners. Of course, I'm in that group as well. There are many videos of live performances on your YouTube channel, which I didn't mention, but the video for Kentucky Breeze really stands out as different tell us more about that song and the production process and i wonder have you tried to pitch that to like kentucky chamber visitors bureau anything like that yeah we'd really love for somebody like that to pick it up and use it because we are really proud of of how that video and that song turned out and how um that's a song that 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 came to me back uh, a few months before we recorded our second album and I just wanted to write something about the place that we live. Um, the more I get to travel and go to other places, the more I appreciate the, the beauty of Kentucky. So I wrote that song about uh, the, its, its beauty always calling us back home. And um, I had seen a boy from Corbin, Kentucky, which is like 20 minutes down the road from where we live, who did these incredible drone videos. And um, he had one go viral when... Uh, Cumberland Falls flooded one year and I saw the video and I thought well he does really great work I would love to put some of his his work of scenery from the state with this song and kind of make something to pay homage to this place that we love so much and um, he's a young guy a freshman or a sophomore in college but he was so professional his name's Ben Childers and um, he worked with us, and that was that was a really fun experience making that music video. And now we've we've got something that showcases not only our music but our region and our state, and it's something we're really proud of. Yeah, for sure, John. I wonder you talked before about you know take anything that comes your way, and he had contacted you via Instagram DM. But we're hearing about you know this as I called it this cold call to Randy Hayes, and now all of a sudden Andrew says I just saw someone who did drone photography that I really liked. Is it is it just that? Is it if you see someone's work that you like that you want to collaborate with in some way, shape, or form, worst they can say is no? Uh, yes, I've uh, collaborated with some people that I thought were talented, and I just went up to them and said, hey, you want to make something? And so we'll make something. Outstanding. Uh, Ethan, let's bring you back in here. The band has been playing fairs, festivals, concerts, weddings, and more throughout Kentucky, parts of Ohio, Tennessee, since 2016. 
There's a, there's a lot that's a lot that y'all are doing. Yeah, it, what's what we're really proud of is every year it expands, and uh, it's something that I personally look forward to because as we're like putting out applications for these different festivals, these different places, there's always in the back of my mind, I wonder what this year's going to hold because we. The festivals are so nice because we get to see so many different parts of Kentucky, Ohio, Tennessee, all these places. I I was I never got out of my small town. I didn't know. Here I am, a world history teacher, and I teach about all the stuff around the world. And I'm just now getting to really appreciate what I got right around home. And so it's really exciting. It keeps us busy. But when you say it's starting to expand. Do you start to look even further and say, okay, it's been great that we've gotten to Ohio, Tennessee, obviously Kentucky, but we need to go further, or is it we want to go further, or both, or is it we're just kind of focusing on where we are right now? We, uh, we're we really just wanting to expand. We'll, uh, we're reaching out farther and farther every year. And uh, although some of us are in school, and during school times that distance can be a bit of a problem, whenever summer comes anything's fair game and so we go all out and of course we do try to build more opportunities that are closer to home any chance we can get but for the last two years we've really been expanding outwards into other states listeners i'm on location at the summer nam show and you heard before that ethan was talking about all the different vendors, all the different equipment that's here. Of course, you know that I always talk about Boulder Creek guitars. That's a brand of guitar that I like to play, but a lot of big names play Boulder Creek guitars. Country star Lee Bryce plays a Boulder Creek guitar, as do players from Fleetwood Mac, Three Doors Down. Sarah McLaughlin herself plays a ukulele from Boulder Creek. They do guitars, basses, ukuleles. If you're serious enough about your guitar playing that you want to talk about having a guitar custom built for you, write to me at podcast at nhte.net, and I will put you in direct contact with Jeff Stramitz, the CEO of Boulder Creek Guitars. He was on episode 241 of this podcast and talked about their suspended bracing system, what makes Boulder Creek Guitars so unique. Get on their website, watch the video to learn more about it, and then also look at their artist roster and go back and listen to episode 241 also because Jeff tells you when you're at something like the NAM show, how you can approach companies to talk about a potential sponsorship, a potential endorsement, but also what not to say to companies that you're approaching for sponsorships or endorsements. Learn more about the company, see their equipment. It's all at bouldercreekguitars.com. That's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. So you were mentioning, Ethan, about some of us are still in school. It seems like most dates are spring, summer, fall. Is that by design due to school? And and then because it's that time of year, are these primarily outdoor gigs? And then if so, just talk about the obstacles versus playing outside versus obviously a more controlled environment indoors. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of our shows each year are festivals which are outdoors. And uh, we really like those. It's a great way to not only travel for us, but to get to meet a lot of people in one place that love what we do. And so it's a great environment for us as musicians to reach out with lots of people at a time. Um, A more indoor venue, we love doing stuff like that. We've done a couple of arena shows and things like that. They're really, really nice, and we love those opportunities. Those don't seem to come around quite as often and 
as you said, seasonal-wise, we do have a lot of shows in that fall, summer, spring area. It's by design, but where we do a, an awful lot of festivals, that's when the festivals are held. Yeah. is during that time, and they kind of have to shut down in the winter due to no one wants to be an icicle outside. But John doesn't like the outdoor stuff because y'all can put away your equipment really fast, and he's got all these drums that he's got to pack up. Is, is that kind of a... You know, a touchy subject with you in terms of you you know there's going to be a, a real good chance of rain? Uh, yeah, it's it's not a problem unless I dry them off very, very quickly. But, uh, yeah, they, they do get wet sometimes. Explain that, unless you dry them off very quickly. That Oh, so I would, uh, so if they get wet, you know, um, I'll put them in the car. And before I put them in the cases, I'll just dry them off. You know, same with the rack. I don't want it to get rust on it, so I'll okay, dry it I was, off. I was before. misunderstanding. I thought you were saying if you dry it off quickly, then it is a problem. I thought, well, oh no, something's not. No, as long as I there. dry it off fast, or as long as it's not in the heat too long under the sun, you know, they'll be okay. Okay. Well, listeners, these guys are being humble. Frontier has shared the stage with such greats as Montgomery Gentry, Restless Heart, Kevin Richardson, and Brian Latrell of the Backstreet Boys. Wow. How how are you getting these opportunities? And I guess. Are any of those that I just mentioned or maybe one that I didn't that might be the most memorable of them all? Um, we've just been super blessed with a lot of really cool opportunities that we we could never have made happen for ourselves. Uh, they just happened. And we, from, from people, our friends, family, uh, we're just super lucky. Uh, a couple of those bands you mentioned, like uh, two of the Backstreet Boys and Montgomery Gentry, um, they were being inducted into the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame because they're they're from Kentucky. And uh, we had been performing at uh, Renfro Valley at, at the, the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame there. And the, the operator said, you know what, why don't you come and, and play on stage at our, our Hall of Fame induction ceremony? Wow. And we were like, okay. Wow. So that was really cool. Um, in case you were curious, the bodyguards for the Backstreet Boys are massive <laughs> and very intimidating. <laughs> I've had this list. Someday I'm going to get a guest on my show that I can ask them if they know anything about the bodyguards for Backstreet Boys. So here you go. Yeah. I finally got to ask that question. Cross it off my list. I finally got the answer. Well, that's that's tremendous. Um, whichever one of you wants to take this question, talk about the song Love is on Your Side being named a top five song by the online music magazine Songwriter Universe. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, that one's really special to me. I there are a couple of songs that I honestly feel like I didn't really write because they just came to me so quickly, and I, I literally put no thought into them. So I, I yeah, that that sounds bad, but it's it's just true. The song wrote itself. Yeah, it did. I, I sat down and and the tune started coming out, and I just spat some words out, and I was like, oh, this is good. I'm gonna record this. So I I turned on my voice memos. And those were literally the, just the lines that came out. And I was like, it's what a miracle that they rhyme and they make sense. I'm not touching it. I'm leaving it as it is. And uh, so at, I really like that song because I can appreciate it because it feels like I almost didn't write it. And uh, I, I think it's it's got a really positive message, and I think people like that. So I was obviously very honored when it was selected to to be one of those top five songs that was a big honor so where are we at right now we talked around this a little bit before when i said it looked like a pattern was being established of 2014 2016 uh-oh 2018 so is there a plan for another release say in this calendar year 
Yeah, we, we're talking, we're trying to find uh, the right studio, the right producer, and, and pick the right songs. And uh, we're currently, like I said, we rehearse in our basement, and every chance we get, we're trying out the new songs we've been working on and seeing which ones feel really good. And uh, hopefully we're going to be reaching out to some people soon to say, hey, could you know, can we talk about maybe working with you to record some new music? Uh, this interview is coming out the last week of July. Tell the listeners where they can see you playing. Uh, there's going to be several opportunities coming up uh, in the near future. We're going to be in Bardstown on the 26th. Uh, that one's coming up pretty soon, and Bardstown's a beautiful place. We love to go back there. I think this will be our fourth or fifth time being invited to return back to there. Uh, we're going to be in the Kentucky Danville uh, Barbecue Festival on uh, Friday, September 6th, and then we turn around for kind of a double header there on Saturday uh, in Williamsburg for their old-fashioned days. And uh, then we have September 28th, the Casey County Apple Festival, and uh, then October 19th, Ohio Pumpkin Festival. So, I mean, you can see where we kind of pick out the festivals, and then after that, it begins to dwindle a little bit. The season's kind of out. I should have asked this back when I floated the topic out there about sharing the stage with Montgomery Gentry, Restless Heart, etc. But you just read off that list of these upcoming shows. Who is booking all this? Are, are you all booking everything yourselves, or did somebody get those opportunities, or the upcoming ones are both for you? It's uh, starting out, and even still right now, it's a family event. It really is a little bit of effort from all of us. We all reach out to people each year, uh, people that we meet at these shows. Like I said, that's why we love festivals because it's full of people that love to do what we do. And uh, so we reach out to every person we can get for the upcoming year. Our family does most of it, and uh, with each new year, we're getting more and more people that will come to us. And that that's really kind of neat to be a band and each new year have more and more people come back and say hey we heard you at this event we would love for you to come visit our town you know or we loved you last year please come back you know and that's a wonderful feeling for a musician absolutely so then what is the plan for the rest of your time in nashville i assume that you're here throughout the entire nam show maybe you'll try to meet more people to get some opportunities other than endorsements or sponsorships how long are you here and and what 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 else will you do while you're in music city it's actually just today wow Um, tomorrow we have a show in guthrie uh kentucky uh so we have to drive in and set up sound for that so uh yeah we'll be we'll probably be here like a few more hours and then uh i'd say we'll have to we'll have to run out get our guitars out of the heat and get get us out of the (laughs) really just a food honestly i think we'd be okay here but we're all pretty hungry (laughs) (laughs) well we're going to close today with a song of yours called can't slow down before we let you go tell the listeners all about this song please uh yeah, this song is uh, one that I actually wrote uh, before I was hired on as a teacher. I was subbing around at multiple schools, and it's very hard to be a sub. I have a great respect for anyone who does that because you're a different person every day. And I was stuck between three different schools and being multiple teachers in each of those schools. And so I was not sleeping. I had no sleep whatsoever, and I was getting so tired that I could not remember what class I was supposed to go to. Wow. Uh, and I was having to go to the front desk and say, you know, who am I today? What What am I doing? And they say, you're, you're just working your butt off, aren't you? I said, yes, yes, I am. And a lot of times I'd walk into the room 
trying to figure out what to do and then I'd hear the bell ring and here I hear all the footsteps coming and I know the kids are on their way and I think a lot of those elements are in this song about the clock ringing on the wall and telling me where I have to go and have to be there on time but I think it's a message that every single person has felt at some point in their life just working too hard all the time and you can't slow down you know i always say that you can never turn off being a songwriter but i'm going to try to find an exception to the rule and i got to believe that when you're in a classroom you can't be thinking about songwriting you're just so dialed into so many students in the room am i on to something there you're absolutely right and i mean as a teacher and i try to tell this to my kids my main job is to protect them in society that we have today. It's It shouldn't be that way, in my opinion, but my job is to protect them. And I can't, I, my focus is the child, their safety, teaching them, giving them every bit of knowledge that can help them. Those brief moments, I get 30 or 25 minutes for a lunch. That's when the song hits, whenever I finally mm. can relax for just a brief second. But as soon as it happens, then there's that bell again, and it starts. Well, because you're alone or, you know, if you're in a one-on-one situation, you might be having a conversation with one person, and all of a sudden it triggers a thought. But when you've got, I don't know how many, 20, 25 students. Average class would go up to 30 in there some of go. our schools. But Yeah. Well, guys, uh, good stuff. Congratulations on your first NAM show. And obviously, I know we're going to be hearing a lot more from Frontier. So thank you for making time to be with me today here on NHTE. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to the guys from Frontier. Check out their official website at frontier-theband.com. We will have a link to it for the show page for this episode on nhte.net. Once you're there, be sure you hit their social media icons to go engage with them. Like their Facebook page. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram. For that matter, tell them that you heard them and their music on Now Hear This Entertainment. You can follow and stream their music on Spotify, but please support the band by purchasing downloads of their music from the likes of Apple Music and Google Music. A reminder about our Facebook group called NHTE Listeners. Either search for that on Facebook or go to nhte.net and click on the Join Our Facebook Group button. Join in there with other listeners of the show, with past guests from this show, with myself. We talk about things from this show. We talk about the weekly blog that gets posted every week on the website. We talk about challenges that you're having or just questions that you want to ask others. Get in the Facebook group called NHTE Listeners. I'll look forward to seeing you in there and chatting with you. That'll do it for this week's episode. We'll send you out with another song from Frontier. This is the one that you just heard them talk about called Can't Slow Down. clock on the wall started ringing again you won't let me have a moment's peace when i turn in i never was good at telling time it's always telling me all the places that i've got to go Time and all my yesterdays. They say it's 
natural. Living don't come cheap, but you don't get over time when you're working in your sleep. And I can't slow down. Big wheels turning around. No, I can't slow Come on, but never satisfies. You get an 